0: Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Belinda Weaver, I'm a copywriter, I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass and with me as always is Kate Toon.
1: Hello, my name is Kate Toon, I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success e
0: Now, today we're going to be talking about marketing your copywriting business. I know, I know, you're very busy writing, you don't want to spend time away from your copywriting to work on your business, but it is so, so important. In this episode of our fabulous pod, we're going to give you our top six essential tips on getting your business out there and top of mind to potential customers. So before we get into marketing, having just left everyone on that cliffhanger, um, I want (laughs) to ask you, Kate, a question that I already know the answer to. Are you ready? I'm so
1: ready. (laughs) Do you have a pet? You know all about my pets. (laughs) He is not just my pet. He is my CFO, my Chief Furry Officer. Um, and he's called Pompelmoose, Moose and he is a Pomeranian crossed with something, I'm not sure what, but it's probably something rather evil. Um, and yeah, he's my little mentor, my friend. Sits in my office sometimes giving me mournful looks. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good dude. What about you? I know you have a pet, but let yeah. me tell I don't know that. You have a pug.
0: Yes, he's actually a pugalier. So he's a pug crossed with a King Charles Cavalier. But he's pretty much all pug. He's sitting right beside me now, snoring away with his favourite toy, which we call Disgusting Monkey. And like you, he's my buddy. He's my, oh, my. makes my workday nice when he's not done. aggravating me.
1: Pompey's won't always come in the office. It took him a while to come in here. Now I can see him in the lounge across my yard, my back garden, staring at me through the glass door. He knows we're talking about him. It's
0: quite freaky. Oh, but all right, let's let's get into this marketing stuff because um, I think this is going to be a good one for our listeners because we both really love. This side of running our own business. Oh, I think. we love
1: it. We love it. Yeah.
0: We do. And, you know, I actually studied marketing. It was my day job before I started Copyright Matters. But I have to admit, it wasn't actually until I started marketing my own business that. I found it was way more fun and I started learning a lot more, so, you know, oh, big surprise, marketing for yourself is way more fun than marketing for a big corporate <laughs> entity. But um, to start off, what's the bit you like most, Kate, about the marketing?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm a marketing addict. I could, I just could spend all day marketing my business and actually not do any work, Um I think the bits I enjoy the most are making videos. I like to make little tutorials on search engine optimization and copywriting. And I I put them on YouTube and share them on social media. I love running group chats. So I do a lot of, um, which is not kind of marketing. Um, And I've really recently got into Facebook Live. So I've got couple of big groups on on facebook and i now you can actually go live and record video directly into the group if you use your facebook app so i've been doing that a lot it's a great way to kind of connect with people and and, you know continue on from video and live i I was a big fan of, of periscope for a while but i'm a bit sick of it now um and i was a fan of blab the Lab B-L-A-B But it's now Being killed off So that's a shame I think Facebook Live Has killed it um, Yeah so all videoy, y stuff I like. What about you?
0: Well, it's kind of on a similar thread. It's the points of connection. So I found running my own business, a small business, I found that I'm much closer to the results of my marketing. So you really get a feel for how stuff is working. And I really, really love getting like responses to emails I send out and people replying to things because it's really easy to just send your marketing out and especially When you're starting out, no one replies, no one comments, no one reads it because you're just building a name. And so when people actually start responding to me, it's such a thrill and I still get a a thrill from it. And so I love, say I send a blog out and I love getting an email back with someone's shared experience. So I yeah. love that kind of closeness, That, but it's quite similar, those points of connection for me. That's, yeah. that's probably my I, favourite. I,
1: I love that too. And, and as you said, comments on your blogs and comments on your Facebook page where you can actually start to form a bit of a relationship with people. There's people on my Facebook uh, page for Katie and Copywriter who've been following you now for like five years, you know, and I, know, I feel like I know them. I've never met them, but, yeah, I love that side of it. Maybe that's more relationship building. I don't know. Is it all the same thing? Maybe it is.
0: It's all marketing, babe. It's all it marketing.
1: <laughs> so we're going to go through some top tips, aren't we? And we're going to – our first one is all around branding. Yeah. So, uh, that's your one, baby. Go, yeah. brand-
0: I'm starting high. I'm starting big and I'm starting with branding and hopefully <laughs> all our listeners know about the idea of branding, it's way more than your logo. It's way more than your color scheme. It's the whole experience of working with you. And there's a big famous quote from the CEO of Amazon, Um oh, hang on, where's his name? Jeff Bezos. Um, he says, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And I think that's completely true. But how you actually represent your brand kind of physically is it can be the first ways that people... Um, superficially judge you. So, even though we're saying branding is not just your logo, how you actually physically represent your brand and your business is still a really important aspect of it. So, you know, when I started out, my visual branding, I started Copy Launch Copyright Matters with a newspaper-y kind of look. It was all its all typewriter font and um, courier new with black and red and white. and And I just kind of liked it. I had no thought process about what it would tell customers about working with me at all. I just thought, this looks cool. But then when I got my first website developed... Um, They pushed me to think harder about what my branding um, and that whole experience, what I wanted to tell people about myself, what that would mean to customers. So, that's when I had to think a bit more deeply about it. What about your branding, Kate?
1: Um, Yeah, mine's been an evolution as well. I think when I first started out, I had like a black website with like flames on it. God, what was I thinking? Awesome. Awesome. And then I went back to the turquoise. Turquoise has always been essential in my business. And you have a kind of gingery look to your site, don't you, which is quite on brand. Yeah,
0: but that only came about when I actually invested in getting a logo developed. And did
1: did you say I want something
0: ging? No, no, not at all. I gave him. I said, I think I said I want something retro. Um, I gave him very little, little brief. It was a friend of mine, <laughs> and he gave me all these like Miami Vice style logos, which I really loved. And then I ended up coming back to this really simple one, which was just my name. and And I love the colors. And, and ever since then, it's just been the core part of the color scheme, which has made yeah, it easy. I
1: well, I think mine's evolved as like that as well. So I've always had the same logo since day dot, which a friend knocked up for me as well. Um, but then I think I made a big change about two years ago when I moved away from a picture that I used to have, which was of me um, as a sort of 1950s character. Oh, yeah. That- yeah, and I created all these cartoon sort of avatars for me, you know, making the most of the tune thing. So now I have a different me for each of my three sites sort of in the brand colours, in different t-shirts, basically. Um, yeah, and that works really well. I mean, I know that's all the aesthetics, and I know branding is more than just your logo, but from an aesthetic point of view, I've stayed true to the turquoise, simple fonts. I'm a big fan of sans serif and yeah, cartoony has always been my thing. Um and I, I, I don't I think I don't know if it'll evolve much from here. I'm kind of pretty happy with it now. Yeah, that's
0: right. I mean, me too. Absolutely. I, I like the way my color scheme has become a bit more simple. But at the same time, I guess I've been simplifying the design aspects of my branding. I've been thinking through in more detail the experience side. So, I, as I got more experience as a copywriter, I got to feel about how I wanted clients to feel when they worked with me. Yeah. and stuff like that. So that's not necessarily stuff you work through with a designer, but sometimes you have to tell a designer that kind of stuff for them to be able to come up with the physical
1: aspects. True, true, very true. So we've got some tips to share, haven't we? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And mine is basically when, when whether you're starting out or whether you're thinking you you want a new look to your branding, don't just think about the pretty colours that you like. You've got to think about how people will interpret the font, the colours, the colour scheme, the theme, all of that kind of stuff, how they will interpret that into the experience of working with you. So, one of the, the lines I like is, you know, write a sentence that starts with, I want to be seen as someone who is, and if when you write that sentence out, you can kind of trickle that feeling through the design, but it, it's more, it's, it's how you talk on social media, it's how you respond to emails, it's how you answer the phone. That is how you represent you yourself and your business. So it's worth thinking it through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, we've done, uh, have we done an episode on tone of voice? I've quite forgotten. Yes, but, it was uh, one of our
0: earlier ones.
1: Yes. Um, and, you know, I think tone of voice and branding can be <clears throat> a little bit confused, but yeah, I think you're, the line about your brand being uh, what people say about you when you're not in the room is like, you know, how, especially if you're a copywriter running your own business or a designer running your own business, you know, what would you want people to say? You know, what, what words? Hey, let's play a little game. I'm just going to spring this on you. Oh, God. Uh, okay. I know. No, this is horrible, isn't it? I'm going to describe you and your brand in three words and then you have to do it for me. Okay. I, All right. Okay. So I would say your brand is friendly and knowledgeable and I can't think of a third one. Ginger.
0: <laughs> ah, do you know that's actually two of the three words I have picked for myself? So, Bing, Bing, Bing. Bing. I get two out you, of
1: three. You what was the third big, one? That, what was the third one that you didn't? That I didn't get? Um, when I, I said ginger, was ginger on your list?
0: Yes. No, it wasn't on my list. <laughs> I had um a professional, professional. Um, no, I had. What did I have? Friendly, knowledgeable, and um. I think I had fun or edgy. I think edgy. I maybe swapped edgy out recently because I realised yeah. I'm not actually very edgy at all. I'm not very anymore. daggy.
1: <laughs> not, not when you were admitting to watching summer Murders. I think you've <laughs> yeah, lost that. I've lost it. So the words <laughs> I would pick for you
0: are, fr- see, I'm, I'm hesitant to use friendly because we all use friendly. But I would say fun. Um, no, I wouldn't say fun. I would say humorous. Okay. I, would, I would say professional um, yeah. and, and as a copywriter, I would encourage encourage people to break that down into something a bit more meaningful and responsive.
1: It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, right? it is.
0: And this is actually an exercise I have in my copywriting course where I challenge people to come up with three words for different brands and yeah. and a lot of people quickly come back with descriptive words. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... That you've just described the visuals of the brand, but what's the experience like? How do you prep a customer service team?
1: Yes, exactly. On how they Yeah, well, that's interesting. I threw that at you, so that was, that was good. I think the words that I have for myself are um, <laughs> the ones I used for you, basically, apart from the ging bit. Um, friendly, <laughs> uh, approachable, and I think quirky would be my one, or maybe honest. I don't know. Yeah, um,
0: quirky, I'd pay that because it's a flip side of humorous because yeah. you're a funny monkey.
1: Yeah. So, um, interesting. Um, and that's an exercise I think you should all try and do at home. So, um, you know, and if you want to, you can tweet us the three words that you think describe our podcast or describe Belinda or describe me. Oh, the yeah, podcast. I'd love to. That'd oh, my God.
0: Fun, <laughs> fun and watch. horrifying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boring, <laughs> relentless, irritating. <laughs> So my branding tips are um, allow your brand to evolve. Um, What I mean by that is when a lot of copywriters start out, you know, we don't have much money. We might throw together a logo ourselves and, you know, Get a thousand business cards printed like everyone does. And then you can kind of feel like you have to cling on to that because it's like you know, the mistakes that we take a long time making are the hardest ones to let go of. But um my brand has evolved a heap and, and Belinda's has too. And there's nothing wrong with that. It shows it, it you're just at a different stage. So don't be afraid of like changing things. You know, obviously you don't want to change your logo every week, but you know, after a year or so, if you feel like you need a refresh and, and where you started out wasn't where you are now, then get a revamp and maybe pay a designer to do it um the birds are very tweety today i'm sorry um, about that um and my other um point here is on branding and it's about those business cards and um, don't go and buy loads of business cards because i have boxes and boxes of business cards with different logos on and different designs on and different descriptions of what i was offering and um, i think business cards are a bit old hat anyway but that would be another tip and yeah, I think another idea is that, you know, draw, if you if you like, if you have an idea, and I know I am talking specifically about logos here and not the bigger picture, but draw something up on a bit of paper and send it to a designer or find five or six logos that you really like and send them to your designer. Um, think about fonts you like, about colors you like. And also it's very useful to think about things you don't like. So often we get to the right solution by crossing things off our list so um yeah I think you know what it's like being a copywriter when you get an appalling brief so try and give the um, designer as much information as as you can really you know like if you're into cats tell her you like cats maybe you can work that in you know does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely and it's your analogy there is the exact one I was thinking of it's don't be the person who gives a crappy brief (laughs) to your designer (laughs)
1: Yes, and it takes a bit of um, belly button gazing, it takes a bit of introspection to go, you know, especially as a copywriter where it is probably just you, it's like, who am I? How do people think of me? How do my friends think of me? How do my business colleagues think of me? And then what's the best version of me? Because, you know, um, knowledgeable, friendly and quirky might be my brand. Is that me day to day? Well, I'm sure my husband might say that there are a few other words he'd like to put up there. <laughs> So, you know, think about putting your best self forward and, and ask people, ask people. It's, it's a little bit embarrassing, but, you know, people um, often tell you and it might be something that you've never thought of. Like people often say to me, oh, you're so creative. And I'm like, am I? Yeah. That's not a word I've really sort of associated with myself, but other people do. So I actually
0: um, had in my sign off survey or my testimonial kind of questionnaire, I actually asked people if you had to choose three words to describe copyright matters, what would they be?
1: Wow, that's great. And that's it
0: was it was just a good way of kind of getting confirmation that how I thought people saw me was actually how they saw me. And yeah. I, I got a lot of words like organized, you know, and yes. I was like, well, it's not very fun, but it's tr- true. And I'm grateful for that. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I get efficient a lot, which doesn't sound like what you would want to be as a copywriter. But I think, you know, it's obviously something that people appreciate. And we talk a lot about this in terms of processes. That it's not just about being creative and knowledgeable. It's also about getting the job done and being nice to work with. You yeah. know, those yeah. two important aspects. So that's branding. I'm going to talk a little bit now about social uh, media. Um, now I know that many people can get sucked down the vortex of social media, and kind of, I kind of guess, I guess lose lose focus on why they are on social media, and that's because I think um, the platforms blend between our business and our personal lives. So you know, you're on Facebook to look at Game of Thrones and your friend's baby, but then you also have your page on there, and you're interacting with people personally and with your profile. It can all be, be quite confusing. Um, But I think the main point of social media is about uh, building connections with people. It's not just about pushing your agenda week after week, selling your stuff, flogging your wares. It's about building um, relationships and you know, one of the best ways to build really long-lasting relationships, not just with potential clients but with other copywriters, is to interact with them on social media and I think we've told this story before but we'll tell it again and that's how Belinda and I met uh, was via Twitter, I think um, a long time ago, that's right, isn't it Belinda?
0: Yeah, I think so, it was definitely on it was Twitter or Facebook because they were the only two platforms I was on <laughs> in the early I think, days
1: I think it was Twitter because Because I think, you know, still with Facebook, I see a lot of copywriters reluctant to have business Facebook pages on Facebook and I know that you've got like you've got like a I don't know because we're friends now as well as business friends yes you've several profiles as well you've like got a Belinda Weaver profile and a Copyright Matters page and then obviously your own private one and they're all a bit blurred and confusing and it's I was I was the same you know I had Kate Toon I had Kate Toon Copywriter and then I had my profile it's all a bit tricky um but yes that's how we met and I think You know, you really need to think about the types of people who, sorry, the types of posts people will share um, and how how they can work together. So, you know, obviously you might think that the best things to post on social media day after day are like copywriting tips and how to use a colon and, you know, great articles that Copyblogger has shared or ProBlogger has shared, you know, like you just sort of become, you're just regurgitating stuff. Um, which I think we all do for a while, but I think the true connection on um, social media happens when you start to let your own personality come through, and you also share some weird stuff. Like you know, Belinda's obsessed with midsummer Murders. She's got a, p- a pug. Uh, she's into paleo food. You know, these are all things I know from social social media, and it just it just fleshes out your character and makes you not seem like some weird type typing creature. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the, the idea of that is you want, we're talking about points of connection, where it means that when I'm starting to chat remotely with someone on social media, um, it might be that it's like, oh, I've got a pug too. Like, there are people on social media that I only know about because we have pugs. But then you start <laughs> talking about other stuff. So, yeah. when you share those little tidbits about yourself that you're comfortable with you might have someone go oh me too
1: yes totally and I think a good example of this I remember is uh, Valerie Koo from the Australian Writers Centre um, and she's I think she's got a little cat hasn't she or a couple of cats she's got a couple of cats yeah and she, she posts about them relentlessly because she loves them but you know therefore when you meet Valerie Koo it's like you've immediately got a little point of connection because you know her cat you know? yeah <laughs> And that's a nice a nice thing and will help when we're coming to talk about some of the other ways of marketing yourself, like face-to-face networking. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. It, it helps break the ice because you've kind of been stalking them. And also, here's a big point. Never apologize for stalking people online. Everybody, and I don't mean in the really dodgy, in the bushes way, I <laughs> you know, checking each other out, looking at each other's blogs, looking at each other's tweets. You know, everybody does that. Everybody follows their competitors as well. That's, that's fine. And if it's coming from a place of inspiration and and admiration, that's great. If it's coming from a place of bitterness and jealousy, maybe not so great. Not so great. Um, Yeah. But I think, uh, I think that's an important tip as well. People meet me and they say, oh gosh, I've been stalking you for years. And I'm like, that's awesome because I stalk everyone else. But, um, We wanted to talk a little bit about how our social media has evolved. We've touched on a few things, but for me, I think I gave up posting useful stuff. I think that's an important thing to say. So I have on my Kate and Facebook page, I very rarely now post copywriting tips. I will share articles, but generally I've now moved into more sharing experiences, good things, bad things, questions, funny things. With my other brands, Copywriting School and Recipe for SEO Success, I still share tips and ideas and advice because I guess they're not me. It's not my name. It's like a business brand, you know. Um, but I also share quirky stuff there as well. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's the biggest progression for me. I still do all the platforms, some not so well as others. Um, I'm started on Instagram, which feels odd. Um, I don't do Pinterest. But yeah, I pretty much do everything else. What about you? How's yours evolved?
0: Well, I um. I just started on Facebook. So, when I first registered Copyright Matters, I did the cliche thing. I started posting tips. But I have to admit, because I'm old, that it was when Facebook wasn't as crowded and actually Posting tips and useful information did draw people to my Facebook page and I became known as a copywriter through sharing tips. It's how I increased my reach, whereas I think starting out like that now, I think it's still a good idea to have a platform of marketing that is useful and and freely given and sharing your expertise, but you can't just – I feel like I just shared copywriting tips all the time and I got a lot for it but I don't think you get the same payoff today but you know it got me all my leads for like the first year of my business but you know I got a feel for Facebook I graduated to Twitter um as my social media has developed, I've relaxed. So much like you, Kate, I probably still focus on sharing useful stuff, but I never used to post from my Belinda Weaver page. I only used to post from Copyright Matters. And what I realized is that developing my personal brand was just as important because people were choosing me
1: as a person. But I think as well, I mean, you know, now you've kind of evolved away from doing day-to-day copywriting and you're more of a like a personality, you know, you might be doing speaking gigs and, and we've got a podcast. And so it's a bit it's a bit different. I think as a workaday copywriter, um, you do keep you need to kind of keep sharing tips. I think sharing testimonials is very powerful and knocking up nice little graphics of them on, on Canva uh, is is a good idea and you know sharing case studies, screen Grabs of recent projects, you yeah, know, to show that you, you, you show your worth and show your value. But I think I always work on the eighty twenty rule, uh, which is you know twenty percent of what you post can be about you and your business and your services, but eighty percent should just be useful stuff that's related to your industry it should be other people's articles it should be ideas it should be facts so don't just always go with the hard sell i do copywriting i do copywriting i do copywriting and and also feel free to move beyond the realms of just talking about copywriting it's fine to maybe drop in some stuff about so you know email marketing or social media or you know anything else that you want to cover um because i think that's the only way to differentiate yourself because there are a lot of copywriters on social media so yes. yeah Indeed. Um, So we've got some tips. We've given some tips already, but um, my tips are keep it real. So be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I know everyone says that, but, um, you know, the more more you can be yourself, the easier social media is because you don't have to censor yourself and rewrite everything 15 times. You can just put it all out there. Um, Recycle and reuse. This is the biggest error I see people making on social media. You know, I'm not as good at it as I should should be, but I have spreadsheets full of tips and blog post links and stuff um, that I can share again and again, especially on sites like Twitter, because a tweet has like a half-life or a viewability window of about 18 seconds. So the likelihood of a person seeing your tweet more than once is, is, is very unlikely. So what I sometimes do is I have, I do random posts when I feel like it but I also have scheduled posts which are the same posts going again and again month after month um, to, pro- you know, to products on the copywriting school or to blog posts that I've previously written. So re- don't be afraid of reusing content and repurposing it.
0: Yeah, because um, um, I have to admit that my husband and, husband and I use Twitter in two very different ways. Like he actually yeah. scrolls back through his feed and kind of catches up on stuff. Whereas for me if it doesn't come up when I am looking at the screen right now I don't know about it.
1: Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, I rarely scroll back at all because who's got the time to do that? Um, and I think the same goes for graphics. You know, like, you know, you, uh, I've been doing my Facebook page now for six Yes, i don't know so i sometimes scroll back through my photos and there's awesome stuff there so i download it all to a little folder and then share it all again because people who were following me five years ago maybe won't be following me now and with facebook's crazy little algorithm hardly anybody who likes your page sees your stuff anyway so reusing and recycling is a great way to save time um and then the other uh, point i have is to create content that allows multiple shares so as we speak today i've just Launched a massive blog post, a three thousand word blog post, hooli dooly um, because I only now manage to post once a month. So my attitude there is that if you you know create a post that's that rich, and it's got so many different points and stats and facts and tweets in it that I can use that for a whole month, and that's kind of the ethos that I talk about in that webinar that I do, Belinda, the Blog Less, Blog Better webinar, um, teaching people how to create these sort of evergreen long posts that give you a month's worth of content to share on social media. I know you do that too. So you reach out things, you retweet things a lot, don't you? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not as good as I used to be. Um, I you, I would have the same thing, a spreadsheet of tweets that came out. And so out of each blog post, I'd try and pull out maybe five tips and they what? would be um, tweetable kind of things. And then I'd say, okay, I'm going to share the current blog post across a fortnight and then I'm going to have two or three old blog posts going out um, and stuff like that. Now I'm not quite as organised as I used to be because my lovely VA Kirsty used to do that for me. But I went, oh, I'm going to do it all myself, and then I stopped doing it. So <laughs> I, one of my tips would be to to, to get a bit organised because you can reuse content in a really fantastic way if you just organised a little bit at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing I try to do now, or I, I mean, I say try, well, this is the truth of it. I try and put aside one day a month where I will literally organize all my content and then spend, you know, a good three hours. It sounds crazy, but I do have three businesses um, scheduling tweets and shares and whatever on Hootsuite. So I use Hootsuite to do all of mine. And then I know that at least there is one piece of content going out on one platform a day you know and that that takes me a whole day which sounds like a lot but you know I do have you know it's what I need to do for my business as I said that you know marketing has become a big part of my business um and that that it does take that it does take a whole day of being organized and getting it out there For, for if you're just starting out as a copywriter of course it won't take that long but you know if you can just come up with 30 um things to share and then Share them all and then maybe three months later share them all again.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the, 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 Best part of that is I see you on social media all the time, but I know you're not actually there. But what it is is for potential customers and people signing up to your course and people you're building relationships with, they're seeing you all the time as well. So you're just top of mind all the time. And yeah. when, you're a, when you're a copywriter, which is you know what we're talking about here, you want to be top of mind for potential customers and people you're building your network in. So yeah. that's a great way to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be careful not to be irritating. I, I'm trying yes. to pull a bit now. But I think, you know, what you want to do is when what hap- the whole game, the whole reason we're doing this um, is hopefully people will directly click. But the other knock-on effect is that when someone says, do you know a good copywriter? They go, yes. What's that lady's name? <gasps> Belinda Weaver. I saw a great little video from her the other day. That's what we want to happen, you know? because. Yeah. Even though that person maybe has never even worked with you, they know you, they know of you, they like you, and therefore they're recommending you. You're getting word of mouth recommendation without actually having to do any copywriting for that person. So that's that's what we're going for, I think.
0: Spot on, spot on, which will link into networking, which is what I'm going to talk about next. But I wanted to share a couple more social tips and that's um, everything you said, um, but also sharing different types of content. So, when you're like, oh, what am I going to share? I've just got a blog post. So, share your own content, but share other people's content. Share thoughts and opinions share graphics share you know there's lots of things you can share to mix it up so it's not just about your own content I think sharing other people's content is a great way to mix it up but put your own opinion on it yes is a great way to kind of personalize it a bit Um, and also share some personality like I know a lot of people on my course when I talk about getting on social media they go oh but I, I hate Facebook and I say well I'm sorry but that's not your decision to make. You're in a business now, and if that's where your customers are, then you've got to get your ass on Facebook. But, you know, show some personality like we're talking about. But it doesn't mean you have to share photos of your kids or no. your address or your tax file number. But <laughs> you can share parts of things you like or things you don't like or share some opinion that helps people connect with you in little ways.
1: Yeah, exactly, and share up the um, mix up the format as well. So share videos, um, you know, as you mentioned, infographics, funny memes, uh, photographs of things in your office even, you know, what typewriter are you using, what's your computer looking like, what does your to-do list look like today, all these things. And, you know, hey, okay, here's another idea, share podcasts like ours. Yeah. <laughs> I like you,
0: Kate. always on task. <laughs> always hustling, always hustling. So let's move on to networking because I think this is a massive one in terms Terms of marketing, I know Ew. it makes you clench. I know it does. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, everyone. I just said clench. <laughs> but I always say to my students or anyone asking me about marketing is – We've talked about relationships already and relationships are everything. So, online networking, social media, it's the easiest way to do it. But also offline, meeting people face to face. And that's what makes people almost want to vomit in their mouth. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't get really nervous walking into a room full of strangers. But I know the conversations I have with people in those rooms are... Um, way more memorable, hopefully for all good reasons, than a brief conversation on social media.
1: Do yes, you know, exactly. Do you find the same? I, I do. I've, I was so networking averse for the first five years of my business. I did not want to meet anybody. I didn't want to go to any groups, nothing. And then I think um, I went to ProBlogger, uh, which, you know, I was very – intimidated by that the first time I went and I'll be honest you know the first time I went it wasn't an amazing experience I didn't know anybody it felt quite cliquey um, and you know it felt like everyone else kind of knew what the deal was and I didn't know you know Mm -hmm. Um, but the second time I went because I thought I'm not gonna not gonna be defeated it was so much better I don't know if the organization got better or they made more effort with people who hadn't been before you took cookies I did take cookies, and I was speaking, which does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, but also, I I'd, I'd done more social networking, networking before I got there. So people were coming up to me, going, "Okay, it's Andrea. Okay, it's Mel. We've we've been chatting on Twitter, and it's like, yay, hello." You know, I put the effort in beforehand in groups and in on on social media to to sort of you know, warm the plate. Is that the right expression? I don't know if it is, but I love it. Mm. Warm the plate before I got to ProBlogger so that when the dinner went on it, it wasn't cold. Look at that analogy. I, I love, love that. Love
0: that. See, um, I, have to, I have to admit, I like smaller networking events. Um, and I actually ran one in Melbourne for a long time. And that was simply because I hated networking so much that I knew I had to overcome that. So yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm going to be the host because that that gives me something to do and I would introduce people and that would help me remember their names and stuff like that. But I like, like rather than going to, you know, business chicks or credit to them and stuff, but turning up to a room with 400 other women to hear a speaker, that's not networking in my book. That's going to hear someone speak. But tell me that you're at a pub with a small group of maybe 20 business owners and it's relaxed and we might grab a bite. I'm down with that. And I think the reason I like it was firstly, that's alcohol there, which is relaxing. But also, I, I like maybe cafes and pubs because you get to go, oh, I'm just going to go and order myself a drink or that you always have an out if yeah. you start feeling uncomfortable. That's always my strategy. Have an exit plan from a conversation. But I've just found that when I have these more personal, go to these more personal meetups and I go regularly because that's the other big thing about networking is You don't go and get customers on the first time. You've got to build relationships with people and you've got to go a few times. And then it starts becoming like meeting up with, well, maybe not friends, but meeting up with people that you're relaxed with and that's when business starts to get, to start coming in. When you start making connections, we start building relationships and you start having more relaxed conversations. And that happens online as well. Like you and I have heaps of friends that, we potentially haven't even met in real life.
1: Yeah, completely. I think the smaller things, um, the smaller events, you just make better connections. You know, you can just be a face in a room when there's hundreds and hundreds of people. It's it's even harder. So, yeah, starting small, I think, is a really, really good idea.
0: And, you know, and just throwing yourself out there in conversations with social media because it can be hard. Like we've both referenced Facebook groups, for example, about copywriters where I just feel, you know, I'm an experienced copywriter and I feel intimidated posting in them. So I get that it can be weird to break into a conversation happening on social media, but I think everyone's pretty friendly there. And when when you put your big girl pants on and you actually do it, then you start to get to know people and that's when work starts coming in. So Yeah,
1: exactly. And there's always going to be some odd odd socks on there who aren't nice and you know, that that that's just part of life, isn't it? You get you get weirdos everywhere, but don't let that put you off. I'd say ninety nine percent of the interactions I have on social media are nothing but lovely. So um yeah, I think you just need to, to get at that. And, and in terms of face to face networking, um, what are what are your tips, Belinda, for face to face networking?
0: Um, I think something I just kind of said is don't turn up and expect business to just yeah. start rolling in. This is Relationships take time to build. But if you go there saying, I just want to be remembered as the copywriter people know um, and maybe to have a little bit of fun, then, then I think you're in a good place. And so I'd say chill out, actually do it, actually yeah. do it, <laughs> um, chill out, be yourself and try and help people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you a few probably silly-sounding tips, but I think these have helped me um, at networking events. I do think it's important to take some kind of business card, although I just poo-pooed them. If you are going to be doing a lot of um, networking, it's it's a you know people will say, oh, how can I get in touch with you? And and you know you need to have something to be able to give them. You want that makes you a professional, especially if you're going to kind of very businessy, businessy ones like Chamber of Commerce style things. You know, so I think that's important. Another thing I think is quite important is to wear something. Relatively interesting. So what I mean is either whether it's a bright red jumper or a pair of fun shoes or have a cool handbag or um, a really funny tie or oh, not funny tie that's awful. But I mean just something memorable about you so that because I, so I one way that I got through some painful networking events when I first started was I have all these 1950s dresses with sort of really cool designs on them and what that means is it's a complete icebreaker people come and say oh I like your dress and, yeah. and then you get started and then also they remember you as that copywriter in the dress so I'm not saying turn up at a networking event in a fez with a fake moustache on but do something to try and make yourself stand out a little bit if you want to be remembered. If you just want to blend in, then wear beige and hide at the back. But Or yeah. black on black. Black on yes. black. Yes. And also ask people about themselves. So don't meet someone and immediately launch into a spiel about who you are and what you do. People will say, what do you do? And you have to you have to say it. You have to say, oh, I'm a copywriter. Um, even if you don't don't go, well, oh, I'm not sure. I'm kind of a writer and I do a bit of business. And I, um, I think I'm a writer. Maybe I'm a content. You know, don't do that. I'm a copywriter. I write work with small businesses, charities, and blah. That's all you need to say, and then ask people a lot of questions about themselves because that will make you feel more comfortable. The pressures off you, but it will make them enjoy talking to you because everyone likes to be asked questions. I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, people feel interesting.
0: I think they're great tips, and because uh, of what I was thinking of while you were talking is not practice your elevator pitch, but think about the questions that you're realistically going to ask and be asked, and maybe rehearse your responses I found that personally would help me feel less nervous if I could smoothly say oh I'm a copywriter and I I write websites for small businesses but I do a lot of other marketing for them as well or something like that if I practiced it a few times it would come out um, a little more smoothly and a little more confidently and then yeah I think asking questions of people is brilliant because it puts the focus back on them and everybody loves talking about themselves.
1: Yeah, but I think as you mentioned, networking's a lot different to events, like big events, but we're not going to tell you about our tips for events just yet. We're actually going to do a little bit of a two-part episode, aren't we, Belinda? Yeah, we're going to leave you on the uh, networking cliffhanger. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to stop there and share our other three tips in another episode. So um, you can come back and listen to that later on in a couple of weeks. But let's end the show like with
0: this part. Part one, like we always do, and that's a shout out to one of our fantastic listeners. And I've chosen Reagan Perkins, who left um, a review on Stitcher, bucking the iTunes trend there, and I kind of love that. And Good Ra- night, Reagan. Yeah, Uh, Reagan says, Hot Copy is my go-to podcast for copywriting tips and business advice. It also has some very clever knack for covering the right topics at just the right time. Kate and Belinda's lovely delivery makes you feel like you're listening to very informed and experienced friends. And that's Reagan from the Little Copy Company, and we really appreciate that, Reagan. Thank you.
1: We do, but little does she know that we're not friends at all. We actually <laughs> really, really dislike each other, but we just pretend really, really well because we're we good do. at networking. That's yeah, what that's it. exactly right.
0: So, um, thank you for listening uh, to Kate and I and our lovely delivery. I'm going to hold on to that. Um, If you like the show, you want to shout out, give us a rating and review on either iTunes or Stitcher because we do check both. Um, Your review not only makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, but it helps other people find us. Um, And, of course, if you've got some comments about this episode, you can go to hotcopypodcast.com or find us on social media. Um, And as Kate said, we would love to hear your thoughts three words maybe about yourself maybe about us maybe about the pod give us three words um on any of the social platforms we would love to hear that so until part two Kate thank you very much thanks
1: Belinda and yeah happy writing happy writing
0: after chocolate digestive
1: oh I wish I had some chocolate digestive
0: I hide them in I hide them in the office soon to be nursery (laughs) so no one else can have them